Galatians chapter 6 says in verse 6, Let him who is taught the word share in all good things with him who teaches. Do not be deceived. God is not mocked. For whatever a man sows, that he will also reap. For he who sows to the flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. You say, well, is this your message? No, not really, but... Uh, it's, it's, it's an add-on on the offering, the wonderful offering, amen. And, and let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season. You know, this church has its due seasons. And how we started out and how the Lee Summit Church starts out will not be the same. It's a different occasion. It's a different Thing. And so we can't try to compare what we have here to Lee Summit. Of course, we're not changing the message. It's the same message we have. But it's a different congregation. It's a different area. It's a different mentality. So God will have to deal with us what we need to specifically address in the messages and what have you. So I guess I said that. So pray along those lines. Just be praying for wisdom, be praying for light, for understanding, and of course, uh, that God would continue to bring, you know, people in, and, and the core people, the foundational people. But I wanted to remind you, I'd shared this some years back, and I've, I, I think I've occasionally shared it, but let's read that verse 10. Therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith. And I was with Pastor Nancy on a Midwest trip, and you may have remembered that. Uh, and she was, well, actually, they asked me to take the offering that night. And it was in, uh, it was Pastor Della, Della Cruz, yeah, in, in California. And we've ministered there before as well. But anyway, he asked me to do the offering. Pastor Nancy was going to be preaching that night. And one of the things, as I was just preparing a little bit, I wasn't, you know, taking a lot of time because I'm not the one preaching there. So I was just, you know, get in there and get out of the way, so to speak. But one of the things that the Lord said to me is do what the occasion requires. Do what the occasion requires. And uh, that's, so that's what the Lord said to me. And I want to read something here in 1 Samuel 10, 6 through 7. You don't have to turn there. Then the the Spirit of the Lord will come upon you and you will prophesy uh, with them and be turned into another man, talking about Saul, right? And let it be when these signs come to you that you do as the occasion demands, for God is with you. So notice that was, that for that particular time was what God dealt with him to do. And there's different occasions for different things. And one of the things that the Lord started dealing with me about is the Lee Summit Church, we have to do what the occasion requires. We don't try to set it up like even Pastor Nancy's church or, or, or Rhema Bible Training Center, you know, Rhema Bible Church. Or uh, At the same time, we have the foundation of our pastor, who's Pastor Nancy. We have the foundation that uh, Dad Hagen has put into our life. And therefore, we have these things. But what Dad Hagen always taught us, Dr. Dufresne, Pastor Nancy have always taught us, do what God says. and In other words, do what the occasion requires. What are you trying to say? Well, last week, God started dealing with me. The church there is going to be a little different. Wow. 
Now, I'm not saying we're going casual or anything like that. You know, I, and we're not changing anything. And we're not going anywhere because we're going to be coming back and forth. And really, uh, it'll be quite convenient. I, I, we're still praying about it. We're looking at possibly starting on a Sunday night. We're going to be able to fly out after service on, on Sunday. So thank God for our plane. Amen. Uh, but anyway, eventually we'll switch to a Sunday morning service. But we'll be trading off. And, you know, you're going to see it. We're not going anywhere, okay? I just want to let you know. Uh, don't start crying about that. Just, uh, just start taking your place and, and doing what you need to here. And the Helps Ministry here is established, so we're going to spend a little bit more time. And really, some of you are going to be going with us and helping train and, and, and different things like that as well. So anyway, we've got to do what the occasion requires. And one of the things that God started dealing with me last week is let the people know that you may, now I'm not asking you, I'm not taking up an offering for the church or anything. Let the people know the mentality there is a little different. And you may get into situations where you're going to have to pay more for buildings, you're going to have to do more. Let them know not to put on the brakes in their prayer time. And understand, you know, and we had a wonderful offering. Thank God that that's already, you know, a blessing as we're going back and forth and being able to set up meetings and what have you. And, and being, when we find the building, you know, putting it toward that or whatever uh, uh, we need to do. We're looking at possibly renting out the, the community center until we get, you know, starting in April. But, but whatever God leads, Pastor. But we're, we're praying about... Uh, what God is dealing with us specifically in that area. And it's like, why am I sharing? Well, I didn't really want to, but I just felt like it just kept coming up in my spirit to share with you. We're not trying to fight a building just like Spirit of Faith. We're not trying to do everything like we are doing here. We just want God's plan. We're not changing the message. We're not changing ourselves. We're not doing that. But it is a little bit different demographic. It is a little bit, you know, a little bit different area. And already they're saying the real estate uh, is very tight. And therefore, you're going to have to put out more for buildings and what have you. Well, God's got that. He's got that. And we're not going to, you know, we're going to watch him. And, and you don't have to pay for it all. God's paid for it. And they're, you know, we will teach them and they will learn to pay for this. So, so you don't have to be worried about that. But we do need to do what the occasion requires. And that is pray. That is believe God with us. That is make sure that we're praying for wisdom and light and under praying for the core group, praying for people that will give. Um, and praying for the daycare because we know we're supposed to start a daycare there. Pray for those. And, you know, not everybody's going to be leaving here and moving there, but there's going to be some, you know, pray for wisdom along that line and, the, and you know, everything, the housing and, and, and what have you. Um, again, it's just something, whatever the occasion requires, that's what we're believing God for. So I just wanted to encourage you, you know, uh, what we sow is, uh, we, we, we sow according to what God deals with us to sow. We pray how God deals with us to pray. And, and just specifically, we believe God that whatever we need in Lee Summit, God's going to bring it to pass. So are, are you with us on that? And let's not put the brakes on anything because, I, let, me, let me say something. You know, the elder brother, remember the elder brother? Uh, how he was blessed when the father said to the younger, what, what's the names there? 
the prodigal son, thank you, I went blank there, uh, the prodigal son, when the father, when they called the, the youngest son in, they gave him a robe and, robe and killed the fatty calf and, and all that. Um, notice before that, the elder brother's attitude was like, oh my goodness, what's going on here? But let me, let me tell you this. If, I, I believe he probably changed his attitude and God was able to bring his blessing. So let's not be like the elder brother, but let's, let's make sure that we are blessing the younger brother in our prayers, in, in, in just praying for Pastor and I for strength and, and wisdom and, and all of this. And therefore, God will bring everything that we need at Spirit of Faith, Cedar Rapids. But at any time, let's never compare ourselves between one another. Let's just do what the occasion requires for, for Spirit of Faith, Cedar Rapids, for Spirit of Faith, Lee Summit, and whatever God deals with us in ministry in general, let's just do what God's dealing with us for that specific place. Amen. So I think it's a mentality change that we have to be careful uh, that we just like, okay, we're not trying to put it in a box there. We're not trying to, you know, but let's, let's just pray for God's specifics and, and what he wants. And hey, if it takes, you know, a building that, that uh, costs a lot more than what we're used to here, God's got it. God's got it. Let's not put the brakes on that because it will all come to, or let's never, you know, if one church is blessed more than the other, it's not really blessed more. It's, it's just what the occasion requires for that place. You understand? Because we've been blessed here. I said, we've been blessed here and it's going to continue to come, but it's what happens, uh, even pastors that travel and God deals with them to go, and we've addressed this many times, sometimes the congregation will put the brakes on that even, and you know, I don't, I don't want my pastor to leave. Well, what does the occasion require? What is God dealing with that ministry gift to go do and share? Uh, what, <laughs> you know, he's got a plan for us. So we will do what the occasion requires. And, and one of those is to go to Lee Summit, start a church, and do what the occasion requires for every specific detail there. But you know what? You're going to get blessed because of your obedience to pray, to believe God, to stand with us. So is that okay? I just wanted to share that because I think as we go along, just sharing with you some things that God is, is showing us will help teach and train us to have the right mentalities. Amen? Well, praise the Lord. Uh, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30. I'm going to read a story here, and actually, I'm going to, while you're turning there, I'm also going to go to Isaiah. Forty and verse twenty-eight. Isaiah forty twenty-eight. And let's read that. Actually, uh, let's go to 29, Isaiah 40, 29. Then we'll go back to 1 Samuel. He gives power to the weak. And to those who have no might, he increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. And the young men shall utterly fall. 
But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. And they shall walk and not faint. And there are times when, I'm not sure what you specifically deal with, but there are times when maybe I get tired. There, there are times when maybe symptoms have come and your body just sometimes needs rest or what have you. And the biggest thing is how do we counteract that? What do we do? And just keeping it simple, not, not getting real brilliant with my words uh, or anything, but believing God that, that this will minister to you in a simple way that you can just apply in your own life. And, and a remembrance, keeping you in remembrance uh, of what we need to do. Before we do that, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for enlightening our eyes. Lord, I ask you to make my mouth as a pen of a ready writer, writing on the hearts of these men and women today. And we thank you for prosperity in every area of our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So, do, it says there in verse 31, but those who wait. And I, I think we're going to be talking a little bit about that. Those who wait. And... Dad Hagen used to say that the meaning of that is to weave or twist themselves together with the word. And really, I, so I went and looked it up in a couple different places. And let's, let's read this. The root meaning is that of twisting or winding a strand or cord or rope. Uh, but it's uncertain how that root meaning, so on and so forth. So what we're looking at is really uh, how Dad Hagen used to say it is those who weave or twist themselves together with the word. And with the witness of the Spirit, what he's saying in our lives. So taking time to just sit down and listen. And anything in our day, of course, if it doesn't matter what you're dealing with. When you wake up, usually you're dealing with, oh, I just want to go back to bed because I, you know, <laughs> I mean, no great mystery there. Look in the mirror, it's like, wake up. That's what I'm dealing with. I, just, I like my bed, okay? Not necessarily dealing with symptoms or discouraged or whatever. You, you just maybe want to go back to bed. I, I, I get that. I understand. So, um, But what we do is we put God first in our day. And when we do that, then we know how to respond properly. So we've heard that, right? You all know that, right? Okay. All right. Well, let's go back to First Samuel. So we're going to read a little story here about how David reacted to a distressful situation. And let's see how, what his response was. So we're going to read through this real quickly. In 1 Samuel uh, verse, uh, chapter 30, verse 1, Now it happened when David and his men uh, came to Ziglag on the third day that the Amalekites had invaded the south of Ziglag, attacked Ziglag, and burned it with fire. And had taken captive the women and those who were there uh, from small to great. They did not kill anyone, but they carried them away and went their way. Now, let me say something. They burnt their houses down. They burned their businesses. You, you know, they, they, they burned everything up and they, and they took all the spoil. So that is something to be a little distressed. You know, I, I admit that if I went home tonight and my house was in flames... And, you know, my cats are gone. You understand? You understand? Um, I wouldn't be real happy. 
Well, maybe if my maybe if my cat was gone, <laughs> if Angel's still there, she'd be okay. <laughs> Angel's, we love Angel. She we're, she's still trying to get along with Tasha, my mom's cat, Angel. Well, anyway, we want to save Angel too. <laughs> maybe she's not always an angel, but we want to save her anyway. <laughs> okay, we love her. And mom goes home. She goes up the steps, and and Angel immediately. It's like, where you been? Anyway, move right along. So, it, it's the cutest thing ever. It's, it, but anyway, it's, her and Tasha are are still trying to get along, and I, they're gonna make it. So, if I went home though, and the house was up in flames, I wouldn't be real happy. Why? Because I lost our house. Now. I would eventually come to myself and realize it's just a house and we can get the house back or, you know, one even better because that's how we think. Well, let's see what David did here. Uh, so, and they took captive the women, those who were there. Uh, sorry, I got off on the cats there. But anyway, moving right along. Had taken captive the women, those who were there from small to great. They did not kill anyone, but carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city, and, and there it was, burned with fire, and their wives, their sons, their daughters, and they had taken them captive. Now this is the response. Then David and the people were with him, lifted up their voices, and wept until they had no more power to weep. Now my first question there was, I understand the weeping. I understand, you know, because there is, you know, do what the occasion requires. You know, you're, you're sad about, you know, losing your house. Their wives are not there. What have you. Eventually, David came to himself and he responded right. But what I'm trying to say is, I, I guess my thought was, why aren't, they, why aren't they looking for the enemy? Why are they crying? Yeah. They need to be looking around. It's like, what, where are they at? Yeah, yeah. You know, like an immediate response. Yeah. So sometimes your response time matters. Yeah. I mean, I understand that we get upset or we get, oh my goodness, I can't believe so-and-so did that. Oh my goodness, are you serious? That happened? You know, the refrigerator burnt out? What? But how many know that your response to that and how long you respond wrongly to that is going to affect when you get a new refrigerator? It's going to, or if you get one, <laughs> whether you're using the porch outside in the winter or not. So David and the people, they lifted up their, and they, and they cried. So I'm not saying it's wrong to cry. I mean, we know even Jesus wept. You, you know, people will say that, right? Um, but let's, let's read on. Verse 5. David's two wives. I think that's taken out a little context there. But anyway, move right along. Verse 5. David's two wives, Ahinoam and uh, Jezreelitis, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had been taken captive. Now, David was greatly distressed. Well, we understand that. You know, your whole town has gone up in flames, and your, your women and your children are gone. So we understand that, and the people speak of stoning him because the soul of the people was grieved. Well, we understand that too. Every man for his sons and his daughters, they were grieved about it. But David, see, they cried a lot. They were distressed. They were grieved. They were getting stones out. Now, they were digressing. You understand that? When Jesus wept, he just wept and then he moved on. Okay, I'm just saying. I'm just saying. 
So no, I don't think we can really use that scripture to compare <laughs> to this. Because I think that uh, uh, there were some things that needed to move on here. And David finally had to come to himself. And there's times when we have to finally, it's like, okay, I've cried about this. You know, it, 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 I, don't, I didn't want this to happen, but I'm going to have to move on. What's the next move? Some people don't move on. They just keep crying about it. That's not the right move. We understand that. That's not going to get us anywhere except for nothing's going to happen with what we lost. Because if David's response wasn't right, he never would have got his family back. And sometimes our mentality, and some people don't know that's why we're preaching the word to them. They don't know they can get back what the devil stole them. But if, if, if a doctor comes to you and says, hey, um, you got cancer that's showing up on the, what's your response to that? And I will say, with our redemptive promises in Christ, we should know better to have a response of, thank you, doctor. I appreciate that. And your soul might kick in. Okay? We do have a soul. And tears might try to come or what have you. But you've got to get yourself by the nap of the neck when you're walking out. Now, I'm not saying to be in denial. It's like, oh, no, no problem, doctor, got that. And then, you know, just don't even deal with it at all. No, there are things. If the doctor diagnosed you with cancer, there are things that you need to do what David did. What did he do? Well, let's find out. He was distressed, you know, and so on and so forth. But then he strengthened himself in the Lord his God. David said to Abiathar the priest, uh, uh, Himelech's son, please bring the ephod here to me. Now that means uh, the priest's robe. Okay. And Abiathar brought the ephod to David. So David inquired of the Lord saying, so he inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And he answered him, pursue, for you shall uh, surely overtake them and without fall recover all. Amen. So Amen. we can read here, he strengthened himself to be strong, strengthened to help uh, restore. Well, that's, well, praise the Lord. Um, in other words, he was looking for restoration. David strengthened himself in the Lord his God. In other words, he knew he had a covenant with God. What had just happened obviously was a distressing situation, but David knew something. His soul kicked in and there was a reaction of his soul, but he had to get himself by the neck of the neck and say, hey, soul, you got to stop. And I know they're trying to stone me and this and that. And, and, and really he didn't want to just fly off the handle, so to speak, and just go try to find the enemy and, and, and okay, God, what are you saying? Because his expectancy would be, I have a covenant. I expect my family to be restored, but he needed to know what God's plan was for that. So when a doctor comes to us and says, okay, this, your diagnosis is cancer. How do we respond? Do we call our friends? They said I had cancer. Okay, strike one. What do we do? Do we get on Facebook? 
Tell the whole world? I would say that getting alone, getting in the word, inquiring of the Lord, you know, of course, talking with your spouse, but saying, hey, we just, we got to get the plan of God here because we know what redemption is. And our healing and our health is covered in redemption. Now, there may be a door that we opened up. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't have eaten 50 hamburgers, at, you know, or maybe I need to change what I'm eating. Maybe I need to stop eating so much sugar. You know, they, they say the cancer lives on sugar, you know. Uh, th there may be things that you need to change, you understand. But at the same time, we're not majoring on everything that we did wrong. We're going to the Lord and saying, what are you saying about it? What do I need to change? You see, if we just automatically go the medical route of, okay, or the supplement route, I, you, you understand, I take a, a boatload of supplements. But if we just automatically go that route before we go to the Lord before we inquire of him what to do, then, then we're putting these things, we're putting the natural things first that may be good, but we need direction from the Lord. Yes. And is there a reason that, you know, sometimes we maybe we're mad at somebody or we've been angry at somebody for months now and it's been festering and there it's starting to affect our body and, and maybe that was a door that was open, but Let's go and ask the Lord about it. Let's get, you know, I used to, uh, and I still do this when I go to camp meetings or I, I love to go to, you know, several meetings in a row because there's, you just get light. You know, I love to come to church just in general on Sunday and Wednesday, but it's nice when you're just coming Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, and, and just light coming. And I, and I say, Lord, anything that I think that's wrong, I ask you to show me the light mm -hmm. so that I can, anything I need to change. Mm -hmm. And it's really good to just be here morning and night. And so, so if we're not having special meetings, what do we do? Well, we're listening to CDs where, you know, of course, the pastor Jay and myself and, and you know, pastor Nancy, dad Hagen, and, and just getting fed, feeding our spirit so that we can have light, right? So that we can respond, right? So he strengthened himself in the Lord. He went and inquired, and the Lord told him, this is what you need to do. And in verse 9, so David went, he and the 600 men who were with him, and came to the brook Besor, where uh, those stayed who were left behind. But David pursued, he and 400 men, for 200 stayed behind who were so weary that they could not cross the brook. Notice they started out with 600, but then they lost 200. Why? Because they've been crying too much. They were tired. They were exhausted. Now, notice that David did not penalize them for that. Everybody's at a different place. We're even spiritual levels, and we're not putting anybody down. There are young, younger Christians. There are, you know, some that, that have been in the way a long time. Sometimes that's a problem. They're in the way. I know, that's, that's an old joke, right? But anyway, moving right along. So we've got uh, different levels of spirituality, as we should, because we're all growing. And sometimes the, the youngsters, we shouldn't expect them, uh, if, if, if they get hit with, hey, you've got cancer, 
then they're going to be coming over to the house probably crying. Why? Because they've not been taught how to respond. But honestly, if you've been coming to this church for five years, I wouldn't expect you to come to Pastor Jay and I crying when the doctor said that because we're going to tell you, all right, it's going to be all right. What's, what's the word say? Yeah, 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 but my aunt so-and-so passed away. That's not what the word says. By Jesus stripes. What, what song were we singing? I thought we were a faith church. Do you know how many people have been healed of cancer in, in this church? But even that isn't the reason that we are standing for health and healing. It's because that's our covenant. Uh, David knew something. He had a covenant with Jehovah. He knew that God wasn't just going to allow the enemy to take his family away. And there was an expectancy there. I said there was an expectancy there. Why? Because he went and he inquired of the Lord, shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? In other words, let me add something in there. Or are you going to do something? But my expectancy is that we're getting our family back. Do, do you need me to do something? You need some help or do you got it? He said, go ahead, do that. And sometimes we do take things into our own hands by going all the medical route, by doing all, taking all the supplements, by, you know, doing everything. But we forget to go to the first thing, which is go and inquire of the Lord first. What should I do here, Lord? And really going clear, going back for God so loved the, the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Eternal life, yes, in heaven. But you got life here on this earth. And we know that in Isaiah, it says, you know, he, he, he took our stripes. Right. We know in 1 in Peter, is that 2 Peter? Well, anyway, he took our, yeah, 2.24. He took our stripes. So we go back to these scriptures and, and we're like, Lord, we know this. See, I believe really David knew God got, had it. He just, what? What, what should I do, do, Lord? So basically, we come and say, okay, Lord, we know what your word says. What are you leading us to do? Besides simply getting in your word and, and believing that we receive your healing by, in Jesus' name. And we should do that. We should take that step. But we should also get the wisdom of God. Is there anything we need to change? Is there, you know, and the thing is, what I've learned about God is that he's not expecting you to change everything overnight. Because when people deal with certain ailments, I won't say, the, you know, just cancer, but just in general, a lot of times there, there's uh, things in our life. You know, I'll use myself as an example. I didn't eat right for years. I didn't take care of my body right. I, there were several things. I mean, I understand we're in a, don't take this wrong, but, but I'm of a belief all the vaccines that I've had over the years contributed to some autoimmune uh, symptoms that I dealt with for years. You understand? Why? Because I've studied about this other stuff and, and understand. And so I, I just like stop doing that. 
you can do what you want to do. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. Why? Because I'm going to inquire of the Lord what I should do, not just do what my family wants. If I genuinely believe I should go get a vaccine, I'll go get a vaccine. But so, and I'm not, I'm not getting in somebody's face and telling them not to or this. Now, family members, there are some people have told, these are the statistics, you know, you can do it or not. So anyway, inquire of the Lord. So there's certain things over the years that I've needed to change, but God had mercy on me and brought me into a a church back at Antioch Family Worship Center where I started learning uh, about, I didn't really learn as much about healing, but I started learning about salvation and and just living different and not having to yield to sin and walking in love. But then uh, I heard about a man by the name of Kenneth Hagin. And really, I had grown up watching, you know, Catherine Kuhlman and different, different ones, Rex Humbard uh, or Roberts. So I knew about healing. I just wasn't hearing it. Uh, I was hearing it according to my religious stained. You know, I was looking through these religious stained glasses, so to speak, because I was going to a church that really wasn't teaching it. And there I'm hearing it here. But so so we need to go to a church where we are hearing the healing message, uh, the message that we're forgiven, uh, the, the message that we're prospered. We need to be hearing it constantly and we need to be counteracting doubt and unbelief by reading the right books and 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 listening to the right CDs and you understand flash drives, whatever you you do now. Praise the Lord. And we can respond right. I said we can respond right. Amen. Amen. Let's go to Isaiah 40, 28 again. I'm going to read this one more time. But... Those, actually 31, let's, let's just go on down to 31. Those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. Those who wait, those who weave or twist themselves together with the word. David needed to get the wisdom of God. You know, he, he wrote a majority of the Psalms, so I would imagine he went back and wrote it, it read some of his own Psalms. He needed to get God's wisdom. But today we have the word. So we need to go to the word and specifically anything that we need or that we're challenged with. What does word say along that line? Pastor Debbie, that's really simple. Exactly. Just find what the word says along that line and let's go to the word, what it says. And then we will also follow the leading of the spirit. We will say, Lord, your word says this. I believe David basically was saying to the Lord, I know you have this, but what do you want me to specifically do? And that's what I do in every situation. Lord, I've got this situation, and I know that your word says this. Redemption says I'm blessed and prospered. So we got it. You know, if you deal with us to go to Lee Summit, then you got the building. You got whatever it is that we need for that church. So I'm not taking it on myself. Why am I going to sweat about it? I, I don't need to do that. Um, so God's got it. 
but we need to inquire of him any specifics. And then we need to listen. And sometimes you, you know, I've been sitting there reading the word and just praying and then something just bloop, just come up as something natural to do. If I will listen to that, sometimes I will let, and you got to be careful to do a search on the internet of something or whatever. And, and, and God will give me wisdom and that's okay to get natural knowledge of things, but just be led by the spirit of God. And what I tell people all the time is do something. Use your faith first and foremost. Go to what the word says. Believe that you receive. But what is God specifically saying to you about any natural thing or something in your life? Maybe it's offense, uh, you know, that you need to cut out. Maybe you're just not speaking the word enough. Maybe you're letting your family make your decisions for you. We have to be careful. I don't try to tell my mom how to handle her life. Now, I've, I've shared with her things and, and said, Mom, you know, I, I really believe this and this. But she, you know, I'm going to be honorable. She can make her own choices and decisions. Why do I say that? Because sometimes children try, try to force, well, you need to do this or you need to do the other. You know, uh, mom was dealing with uh, the cat bit her a couple months ago, and, and she got a, well, a blood infection. It became very serious. And she didn't want to go to the hospital. She didn't want to go to the doctor. I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going to force you to go. I'm not going to do it. All right, we're just going to believe God. And I said, there are some natural things here. Um, I checked my heart. You want to do this? Okay, I'll do that. And, and several times throughout the day, I just took her by the hand. Mom, are you in agreement that we're in faith and that God's working on this? Yes, I'm in agreement. Okay. Do you want to go to the doctor? No. Okay. Okay. No problem. Thank you, Lord. The healing power of God. And we would just have time and we would just worship the Lord. And, you know, and we did some natural things that I knew about and she came through it. The devil tried to, you know, he, he comes and he tells you things. But what I'm trying to say is we don't try to push off things on other people. We can share with them. But be careful not to allow your children to try to push things off on you. Be careful to, to not try to even push things off on your children, so to speak. I mean, I'm talking about ones that are gone from the home or they should be gone from the home. <laughs> Moving right along. Praise the Lord. We won't get involved in that. Well, anyway, we're, we're starting to meddle, so we'll find another scripture to go to, okay? My iPad will turn there. There we go. Uh, let's go to Hebrews 11, 1. Hebrews 11, 1. You know, we got to meddle every now and then, but... We're led by the Spirit in it. Hebrews 11.1 says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen, for by it the elders obtained a good testimony. By faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made up of things which are visible. Now let's go back. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. There's an expectancy. 
I heard an expectancy in David's tone. And when you read the word, you've got to learn to see what, what the word is saying. I heard, God, do you need me to do something? Or are you going to go do it? Because this situation's turned around. That's what I heard. Why? Because all the background from David is he was a man that inquired of the Lord and he had a covenant and that's what he spoke. So we know that's what he believed. Yes, he took some time to cry. So sometimes the soul kicks in, but we got to get ourselves up from that. And then what do we do? We respond by going to the word. We go to the word of God. What does it say specifically about our situation? And we say, God, this is what your word says. Now, is there anything else that I need, naturally speaking, to change? Or is there something spiritually that, you know, that I need to change? And he will let you know. And it's not going to be eight hours later on an internet search, necessarily. You understand? There have been times in my life, and again, we'll, go, we'll back up a little bit because I didn't really finish what I was talking about. I grew up not, you know, you know, we all ate hamburger helper, okay? I mean, our moms and dads worked full time and we had hamburger helper and we didn't know, you know, that vegetables were really good for you. I mean, our vegetables were the little carrots in the hamburger helper, okay? And... Uh, You, you, you ate Fruit Loops for breakfast, and I mean, why not? That's, that's, what the, that's what Walmart sold, so you knew it was golden. And let's just say, the, the golden arches on McDonald's, you know what that means. Hallelujah! So... Never mind years later that we find out we're eating poison. Oh, oh, Pastor Debbie. Don't oh, Pastor Debbie me. You know. All right. And I understand. You know, I eat fast food every now and then. Okay? And, I, and I've eaten junk food and this now. I'm, I'm, all right. I'm not here to testify about that. <laughs> there are times in my life I have to make changes. Just happens to be one of them <laughs> that I got to get on the treadmill, okay? And, and we were going by uh, the ice cream store the other day. I'm like, Mom, you want any? She's like, we got to be good. <laughs> I'm like, okay. Okay. Gotta go home and eat an apple. <laughs> All right. Moving right along. So, so, you know, it's called wisdom. Just understand that we, if we are inquiring of the Lord, I'm not talking about watching the news and, you know, following 20 steps, the, the latest medical advice or whatever. I'm just saying going to the word and inquiring of the Lord. And what's he dealing with us about? He may send us a friend. That friend? That friend? All they talk about is supplements. What? 
supply potassium through potatoes, okay? <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> you got that person, you know. You know you need minerals with your vitamins. Oh, thanks. I take gummy bears, okay? <laughs> I will insert this there. I think God expects us to get a little bit more information about supplements than gummy bears, okay? I'm just saying. But moving right along, it's just a thought. Just a thought. And there are things that God will teach us that we've allowed in our society over the years, and we've went array in our food, and in our grocery stores, and I mean, like big time. And there are things that he will teach you if you're willing to listen. There are good people, Christian people even, that are out there that are giving good knowledge about these things. And I know things, and I'll just say this, I know things about big pharma and how back in the 19, you know, mid-1900s, they actually took over the medical industry and started putting petroleum in supplements. I mean, they actually did away with alternative medication and the medical schools, they made them only study the, the medicines that they, you understand? I didn't know that, Pastor Debbie. I know, just inquire of the Lord and get with it, okay? Because God will show you. And it may be that mouthy friend that it's like, I don't really want to hear about it. Well, sometimes we just got to get some knowledge. Sometimes we do, and it doesn't mean you got to do everything everyone else does, but let's get some knowledge rather than just watching the news, you, you know, and just going the, the regular route all the time. Well, that was all for you. Thank you, Pastor Debbie. I appreciate that. So uh, faith is the substance of, it's an expectancy. And I heard, and I read between the lines because I knew what David's past was and his expectancy for God to deliver him. I know by reading the Psalms that, that he, he, he expected that to turn around. And we know he got his wife and his children back. Amen. They were ready to stone him. They were distressed. But David had to turn and he had to wait on the Lord. And he had to put his expectancy in God. And that's what we have to do. Amen. Now let's turn to Philippians chapter 4. Is this all right? Philippians chapter 4, verse 4, rejoice in the Lord always. Now, we just had a wonderful message about gladden ourselves in the Lord. Yeah. And we know that it's crucial at the beginning of our day. There are seasons when I forget to do this. And then there are other seasons where I, literally I'm like, I have not danced and rejoiced in the morning for a while. And I just got to get with it. And here lately, I've just been taking time in my bedroom, just hallelujah, praise the Lord, glory, glory, ha, 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 ha. Yeah. In other words, just get happy. Yeah. 
stirring it up. How many know that if we, David didn't want to stir it up. I mean, who, who in here has had to deal with that? That your houses were burnt down? You know, you're, you go home to your city and everything's gone. Where's your family at? They took them. I think that uh, you get uh, just a little discouraged, but we have to understand, first of all, being in faith will help, and as new creations in Christ, it will help ward things off that could happen. You understand? Notice that the women and the children weren't, weren't bothered. Notice that they were fine. They took them, but... I believe that was God. I believe because David had a covenant with God, God didn't allow anything to happen to those women and children. Now, there have been times where I sat down and I heard a story about somebody or somebody's child that was taken or whatever, and I just cried. Because that, frankly, that's hard to take. And Pastor Jay has said it, and I'm saying it too. There will be things that sometimes we will learn, and there are things right now that we don't even know the half of what's been going on in our society and the elites and things like this, the things they have done. And I don't even, I don't even want to talk about it, but at, at this one thing, we have to understand we've got to be knowledgeable. And we've got to protect our children. We've got to know who we are in Christ, and God will protect and keep them. I just heard a story. That, this is a wonderful story. Um, anyway, it, it was about a, a child who had been abducted, and there was a man that saw it, and he raced. He got in his car. He said, Dad, I just saw something, and he raced, and he uh, called the police, and, and they got the, and basically they got the child back because somebody did something. So we do have to be vigilant about looking. But most of all, we've got to be vigilant about watching our own children. And we've got to be vigilant about the school systems that they're in. If God dealt with you to be in that school, if he didn't, well... Put, pull them out and put them where he told you to put them. But if he, if he dealt with you that they need to be in that school system, then get involved. Do something. Make sure, I mean, get in their face and tell them you're not with the, you know, we're not having a litter box and furry, furry babies. All right? babies around here. Get rid of the litter box, you bunch of weirdos. I mean, let's, I'll pray for you, but you know, that's weird. It's wrong. I don't want my child to live with that. And I, I will tell people I'm a, I'm a Christian, but that's strange. It's weird. And it's not happening with my child. So get it changed because, well, you can put them in another school. No, you can go to another school. This, this, this place is sacred. Amen? So we, we have to have that attitude. That was all free. Be anxious for nothing. That's what I wanted to get to. The, you know, we need to rejoice. Then, you know, let your gentleness be known to all. So we need to be kind and gentle. 
<laughs> Sometimes you gotta tell them like it is though. You're weird. <laughs> when it's coming, you know, I'm talking about when it comes to your children and people are trying to push their, their furry baby ideas off on them. Okay? Yeah, I'll be gentle and kind, but you better watch out. Okay. Verse 6. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. Why don't you stand up? Be anxious for nothing. You know, I was at the airport, and uh, the still whole mask thing was going on, and most people know that if they go to me, if they go with me to the airport, I'm not wearing my mask anywhere until they practically make me. I don't wear it in the airport, and I don't, you know, anyway. So I went into a store, and the lady proceeded to tell me, she said, ma'am, you need to put your mask on. I'm like, are you the mask police? I just wanted to know. I, I was being nice. Are you the mask police? She says, and, and she's like, ma'am, I'm sorry. I just got to do my job. I said, because you're nice about it, I'm going to put it on. That's okay. You know, that's all I'm asking. Just be nice to me. All right? If you threaten to throw me out of the store, fine. I'll take my $1,000 with me. It's okay. All right? But, you know, so that was all good and fine. But anyway, I went to another store. And I didn't have my mask on. And she's like, you can't be in here without a mask. And uh, I'm like, well, no problem. I'll take my $1,000 somewhere else. Yeah. See, what I'm trying to say yeah. is you can be kind and yeah. gentle yeah. or what have you, but we can also take, make, you know, stand up for what we believe. Yeah. I, I, I had to preface that a little bit. We can stand up for what we believe. But there are parents that are making a difference by going to these, these school board meetings and saying, hey, we're not putting up with this. And we pray, we're praying for you and this and that, and that's all good and fine, you know, but we're, we're standing up for our rights. And there is a time and place where you just got to get in their face and let them know, you know, you've crossed the line. You've crossed the line. Don't be anxious about anything. But in everything, by prayer. So how do we respond? How do we respond to things? David and his group, you know, obviously anxiety was high. And he had to make the turn. So I'm just saying to you, whatever is going on out there, there's a lot of things being thrown at people every day. And I understand from inflation to gas prices to, to whatever. And if that anxiety comes or, or that uh, temptation to get distressed about it, what do we do? We go to the Lord. We go to his word. We answer it with what we believe. But we say, Lord, what do we do here? And he may just say, just keep speaking my word. You don't need to do anything else. Just do what you're doing. He may say, you know, each person has to go and ask the Lord, and he will give you. And I've said this before many times, not every morning, but many times uh, while I'm eating my banana, my toast, I've just made it 
and, and I'm blessing my food, I say, Lord, anything I need to know, show me. Anything I need to change, show me. And often, I've been sitting there reading my Bible, praying, what have you, and then just, bloop, this comes up to me. Check this out. Or I, it's, and he gives me answers. It could be something spiritual that I need to make a change in. I need to, to uh, get more skillful at in my praise, in my worship, in my joy. It could be he's dealing with me. Uh, you're not taking care of your body in this, or you know, you're not walking in love here. Uh, you need to add this supplement. Go, you know, go read this book about it. Read a book about it. Yeah. Sometimes you have to get understanding about these things. So there have been times I've taken a couple months and just read different books, so I get understanding about you know, what maybe my body needs. And it's, it, it's, it's a process, isn't it? It's a process. And it does say there in verse 8, finally, brethren, whatever things are true, whatever things are noble, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, if there's any virtue and if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate on these things. The things which you learned, received, heard, saw in me, these do, and the God of peace will be with you. How many know that David had peace? Because he went to the Lord. He responded. He took the turn. And God brought back. He restored to him. You need something restored in your life. You, you, you've got some pressures going on. You've got some distresses. You've got some oppressions. Well, first of all, let's go to the word. And that's what we're doing. We're preaching the word. Let, let's keep it on in our home. Let, let's do what we need. And there will, sometimes there will be seasons in our life that we let that get away from us. I understand. Been there, done that. All right? But you got to forget yesterday and move on. you got to stop the condemnation and move on. I've got two minutes, okay? Two minutes. You can, you can be seated. And I'll, just say, I'll just say this. Because when people are tired, they, they don't listen to you. So be seated just for these next minute and 30 seconds. Our response has everything to do. If, if you haven't been living right, if you're dealing with addictions, if uh, there's things not going right in your life or you've been hit with symptoms, I mean, it can be a hundred things. What do you do? Make the turn. Wait on the Lord. See what he says. Go to the scriptures, but just see what he says. Because he, he might just say, okay, you're spending too much time with this person and they're draining you. He might say, you're taking too much time in this and it's, it's affecting your life. Or you might just go to the Lord and say, Lord, I know. <laughs> I know. Too much time with this, too many distractions, what have you. But the Lord's challenged me in those times, just forget yesterday and move on. There's nothing that I can do about yesterday other than repent if I know I'm wrong and then make the changes. And usually I go to, uh, I will go to Matthew 6, seek first the kingdom, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. So if all these things are added unto me, what am I needing to do? Seek first. In other words, start my day out right and make righteous decisions. Amen. Just stop 
doing the things that aren't righteous. I mean, that's easy enough. And you, well, that's easier said than done. Well, now you can stand up. Thank you, Father. Let's just lift our hands. Father, we thank you. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your help. We thank you for wisdom to make changes in our lives. Father, I believe that every person in this room is hungry for change, godly change and righteousness. So I challenge each one of them in your presence and myself too, to forget yesterday, move on to righteous living in Jesus' name.